time for re-engineering your finances with the founder of CP Weldy Group, Charles Weldy. It's another edition of Re-Engineering Your Finances. Walter Storholt here alongside Charles Weldy, founder, certified financial planner at CP Weldy Group, serving you throughout the Delaware and Chester County areas based in Chad's Ford, PA. You can find us online at cpweldygroup.com. We're going to be talking on today's show about a quiz that you can take right here on the show with us. We're going to kind of let Charles take the quiz. We know he's going to get an A-plus on our retirement planning quiz, but can you? That'll be the question. Charles, good to be with you this week. What's going on in your world? Uh, not too much, water. I mean, here in the Philadelphia area, I think we're expecting uh, 100 degrees plus today. So, uh, you don't, know, the don't tell me a that, big, Charles. big oh. deal. <laughs> but I'm sitting inside. here. Stay inside. I'm sitting in here in my air conditioned office, so I have nothing there you to worry go. about. All right. Well, uh, maybe you'll get a respite and get a little golf action in at some point when it cools off a little bit. What, what, what's the perfect temperature for golf in your mind? Are you? Uh, I'd say uh, like maybe like uh, low 80s. You know, okay. All right. 80s, so you still yeah. like it pretty warm out there. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. All right, well, let's have some fun with this quiz on the show today. Don't dread this pop quiz too much, Charles. This won't be as hard as, you know, when you were a kid and you heard those words pop quiz and you wanted to kind of like crawl under the desk because you didn't do the homework the night before, you weren't prepared for it. No, we know that you're well prepared for this one. So these will be five critical questions to which if you're listening to today's show, you kind of need to know the answers to these things or at least be able to have a conversation perhaps about them. So take the quiz along with us and see how you do. And it might give you a pretty good idea of where you stand in terms of your preparedness for retirement. So here is question number one, Charles, and I'll ask you to, you know, give us a little reasoning for each of these questions too. Sure. Since, since this should be easy for you, I can, as the teacher, I can ask you for a little more information. Show your work, if you will, on these answers. Sure. All right. Question number one, at what age should people start saving for retirement? Is it A, when you begin working B, after you buy your first home, or C, when you've paid off all your debts? Well, I got to go with when you begin working, Walter, because, um, you know, we were always trained, hey, let's start early and often and, um, you know, develop good habits. So whether it's 5%, 10% of your gross income, that's probably the best time to start when you begin working. But most people don't realize, like, uh, B is like, you know, what is this, after you buy your first home. Uh, most people don't realize that, hey, they can take money out of their IRA or Roth IRA uh, up to $10,000 as a down payment on their new home without a penalty. So that's an important thing to note, too. And lastly, uh, when you paid off all your debts, I mean, let's face it, um, if we look at, you know, IRS as being uh, one of our creditors, we never pay our debt off. So again, you know, when you begin working, that's when you should start saving for retirement under my, my uh, you know, rules. I'd say that's a pretty uh, pretty good one to follow there, Charles. And uh, there you have it. At what age should you begin saving for retirement when you begin working? We could throw a little caveat in there, too. Like if you haven't started saving for retirement, just do it now. Get on it. Start, Absolutely. start today. Uh, here's number two. Which of these is the best estimate for how much income you'll need in retirement? Is it A, 50% of your current income? B, 85% of your current income. C, nothing changes, 100% of your current income. Or would you go with D, none of the above? I would go with D, none of the above, because I really think, and most people don't realize this, but when you retire, 
you know, your expenses are really probably the most critical factor in your retirement. What are you spending? Where is it going? When will the mon- money be needed? So uh, in this example, um, you know, for the most part, what we generally do, Walter, is we just try to figure out, hey, what's your monthly nut? What do you have to pay each and every month, you know, to have a comfortable retirement? And, you know, basically we get that number. And what we'll do is we'll subtract maybe some guaranteed income like Social Security, Maybe other people are fortunate to have a pension or an annuity. And whatever the gap is between, hey, what do they need expense-wise? What's coming in guaranteed? What is that income gap? Let's just say it's $2,500 a month they need. Well, we'll multiply that by 12 months. We'll factor in an inflation factor. We'll divide that by a factor of maybe 4.5%. And we'll have the exact number that this couple or this individual will need for retirement, maybe not an exact number, but a more realistic number, really based on their spending, not their income. So 50% of your current income, 85% of your current income, 100% of your current income, that really doesn't matter because maybe your income's too high, too low. What really matters is what are your expenses and you know how do we cover that you know throughout 25, 30 years of retirement? Great points across the board there, and uh, that's definitely something that you're going to want to make sure that you have figured out your expenses and uh, what those expectations are as you get into retirement. That's a really key question to make sure you focus in on, folks. All right, we're talking about this uh, retirement planning quiz, five critical questions to know the answers to and at least be able to talk about them with an advisor or with yourself as you're putting together a plan. Here's a third one for you, Charles. Which of these do you find that retirees fear the most? All right, so we're talking about fear fear here. Is it A, not leaving enough money to the kids, B, running out of money, or C, needing nursing home care? Well, I've read recently that seven out of 10 retirees are concerned about running out of money. So definitely uh, running out of money is uh, what retirees fear the most. And it's really unbelievable. I mean, I've got clients that have, you know, a lot of money and they still have that fear of like, hey, is it enough? You know, in terms of not leaving enough to the kids, I mean, one of the things that I try to, you know, communicate to my clients is like, hey, how much do you want to leave to your kids? Let's quantify it. And then let's buy a life insurance policy where, hey, you know, you'll pay X amount of premiums and a tax-free benefit will go to the kids. That problem solved. Nursing home, all right? Everybody wants uh, long-term care, but nobody wants to pay for it. Obviously, that could be a factor in someone running out of money in retirement. But, you know, today, Walter, there are opportunities to maybe get, you know, long-term care, um, you know, not traditional long-term care where you pay a monthly premium for uh, a known benefit in the future. You might be able to link a life insurance policy with a long-term care policy. And instead of like the, the life insurance policy, wait until you pass away, they would actually prepay you the death benefit in the form of a long-term care benefit if you qualified and needed it prior to you passing away. So, um, you know, looking at these three fears that retirees are, you know, are top of their list, not leaving enough to the kids. Now, that's not that, you know, big of a deal for most couples that I meet. Uh, running out of money is definitely like number one on pretty much everyone's list. And nursing home care, you know, that's part of running out of money. And that can be solved by getting a plan done and maybe reallocating some assets into a life insurance policy that pays for a long-term care benefit. 
Yeah, it makes sense that C sort of wraps into B, or you kind of get B handled in terms of your basic needs, then C becomes, it just piggybacks off of each other, maybe B and C there a little bit. I can certainly certainly see that. Because uh, C, the nursing home care, when that's the one that people know they need to plan for, Charles, but often right. don't want to address it, right? They kind of hide exactly. Like Exactly. You know, everybody knows, well, not everybody, but most people know they need it, and, you know, most people... They, they believe that they can't afford it, so they kind of just bury their head in the sand and they go without it, which, you know, it really could be the leak in the dike down the road. All right. Which of these examples, as we move on to question number four here, Charles, which of these examples best represents a diversified retirement plan? Is it A, a mix of 60% stocks and 40% bonds, B, three rental homes in different neighborhoods along with a significant amount of cash in the bank, or C, 10 to 12 different mutual funds? And we'll throw in a D, none of the above. Well, you know, I don't want to be redundant, but I I would say none of the above. I mean, obviously, 60-40, equities, 40% bonds is a typical portfolio for most retirees. Uh, The problem with that is maybe they need more stock or maybe like they already made it and they don't need as much stock. So the 60-40 might not be as diversified as you think it is. And today, Walter, as we speak, I mean, interest rates are going up. Bonds are going down in value. High quality bonds that are, you know, generally seen in most people's retirement plan aren't really paying much of anything. So in essence, you might have a portfolio where 40% of your assets are underperforming because you have them in bond funds. So uh, that wouldn't like pass the mustard test for me, 60% stock, 40% bonds. When we look at three rental homes in different neighborhoods, and a lot of money in the bank. I mean, yeah, it's great to have real estate and chances are it's probably not going to get down to zero, obviously. But, uh, you know, again, you have all your assets concentrated in one asset class, which might not be a good idea. I remember back in the, gee, was it the early 90s when they had the um, banking crisis where real estate went down in value? And also, I think in 08, 09, it went down somewhat. But by and large, um, you know, having three rental properties is good, but you should, you know, also have other asset classes in addition to real estate. Uh, C, 10 to 12 different mutual funds. Now, uh, you know, that's probably close to being the correct answer, but it depends on where those mutual funds are invested. You know, how much is in stock? How much is in fixed income? How much is in domestic? How much is in international? How much is in growth? How much is in value? That type thing. So again, uh, a customized 10, 12 customized mutual funds for someone might be a diversified retirement plan. But what I find is when people have 10, 12, 15 different mutual funds, a lot of them are overlapping. They might have different names, but you know, pretty much they do the same thing. They might be concentrated in like one, two, three asset classes where they really should be in a lot more than that. So I say none of the above because uh, again, as you know, anyone that's listened to our podcast in the past, they know that I'm a big subscriber of the bucket plan. And the bucket plan just says, hey, how much money do you need to have liquid? How much money do you need for income to supplement your income? And how much money do you need for growth? And once we know those three answers, hey, we can like quantify in each individual bucket. The now bucket is the money in the bank. It's liquidity. The soon bucket is money that you're going to need to supplement your lifestyle, maybe for the next like seven to 10 years. And the later buckets the money for growth. So I think if Instead of like trying to figure out what's your mixture of stocks and bonds or, you know, real estate asset classes, different mutual funds. If we really looked at like, hey, when will the money be needed and when will it be needed, you know, and how much will be needed? I think we'll have a better approach to a diversified retirement plan. 
Great points across the board, Charles. And if you have questions for Charles, you can reach out to him, by the way, at 610-388-7705. That's 610-388-7705. Ask your financial questions. Set up time to meet for a review of your financial plan. You can also go online to cpweldygroup.com and get more information on the site. We'll put that contact info in the description of today's show as well. All right, here is question number five. To make sure you don't run out of money in retirement, only withdraw blank percent from your portfolio each year. Is it 1%, 4%, 6%, or D, find a different strategy altogether? Well, if I look at uh, 1%, I think it's too conservative. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, 1%, the money will never run out. But, you know, the reality of it is you'll probably go broke because you're not spending what you need to spend. 1% is way too conservative. 4% of your portfolio is a general rule of thumb. And I kind of uh, use that as a starting point. You know, if someone had a million dollars, I multiply it by 4%. I say, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, you can take out approximately $40,000 a year uh, and maybe increase it by the rate of inflation at 3% each and every subsequent year. And there's a high probability that you're going to run out of air before you run out of money. I mean, that's something that, as a general rule, I kind of believe in. But, you know, with that said, um, I'm looking at the next answer, 6%. 6% may be too high, but it really depends on, like, how old these people are. If these people are in their late 70s, early 80s, hey, maybe 6% is a good number, you know, but it really depends on their age. But what I, the strategy that I use, you know, is I basically look at, you know, four and a half percent. All right. So four and a half is like, hey, it's obviously greater than four, less than six. And I think with, you know, putting money in the appropriate bucket, the now, soon, the later bucket, we can have a maybe a little higher than normal withdrawal rate and still be safe just based on some of the strategies that we have that, you know, will, um, you know, negate the sequence of returns risk, maybe like decrease your tax liability, uh, not take money out of equities when the market's down, things of that nature. I think if you have a different strategy altogether where, you know, you have money in certain locations that are there for a certain period of time, that we can take a higher percentage than 4%. And 4.5% seems to be a comfortable withdrawal rate for me and for most of my clients uh, based upon the strategies that we have them in. Well, I love uh, your answers to these questions, Charles. And if you are listening to today's show and, you know, you listen to some of these questions and you're like, yeah, I don't know, maybe maybe I, I thought about this a little bit differently. I thought I was safe with those different rental houses as my retirement plan and giving me enough diversification or, hey, that 60-40 portfolio, I thought I was good with that. Uh, I didn't know I needed to go a little bit deeper into some of this planning or I really don't have a great handle on how much income I'm going to need in retirement. And yeah, I can see how that would throw everything off. If you find yourself sort of thinking that way, contemplating your retirement in those terms, that's a great reason to reach out to Charles and the team at CP Weldy Group. And again, you can get in touch by calling 610-388-7705, based in Chad's Ford, Pennsylvania, right there on Route 52. Come in, say hello, have a conversation about your plan and financial future. Call 610-388-7705 or go online to cpweldygroup.com and just check today's show description for contact information. Charles, appreciate all the help on the show today, and we'll look forward to another episode with you soon. Thank you, Walter. Appreciate your time. Thanks so much. That's Charles. I'm Walter. We'll see you next time right back here on Reengineering Your Finances.
Financial planning and advisory services are offered through Prosperity Capital Advisors, PCA, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Registration as an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The CP Weldy Group and PCA are separate non-affiliated entities. PCA does not provide tax or legal advice.